ladies, you can be a sweet, sweet blessing and really a touch of God for those you know as you care along the way, using your wisdom, your knowledge, your abilities, your love. Amen. Well, it's great to be here with you today. Great to be celebrating. Man, we're going to do something a little unique today. We're going to do a one-off, and uh, we're actually going to take a little bit of time today to just focus on ladies in the church, women, moms, wives, all of it brought together, the celebration of women. Please hear me on this. Um, This world is going a different direction. And I don't like where it's going, and God doesn't smile on where the world is going, but God has a plan. And ladies, the church is so utterly dependent upon you and your worship of God Almighty and your leading in your homes. So um, let's just take a little bit of time today, and we're going to focus on who God is, who God is in your lives, ladies, who God is in your life and in your home, and may God get all the glory. Ready? And all of God's people said. All right, so turn with me, if you will, to Proverbs chapter 31. Proverbs 31. We're going to actually start in verse 1. Most of the time when you hear somebody say, turn to Proverbs 31, they're like, we're going to start in verse 10. And uh, that's where it starts to talk about the excellent wife. And there's some great detail there, and we're going to get to that. But we're going to start in verse 1 here in Proverbs 31 as we get going after. Uh, Ladies, all the different roles that you have to play, there are going to be really three different sets of roles we're going to talk about today. Point number one, a godly woman shepherds the hearts of her children. A godly woman shepherds the hearts of her children. Uh, Ladies, you have the sweet privilege of being able to shape and shepherd if God is so blessed into your life to be a mom, to be able to shepherd the hearts of those that are your children, to be able to teach them and bring them along the way. And so in this first chunk of verses here, first nine verses, we're going to see a little bit of input from mom. It says, the words of King Lemuel, an oracle that his mother taught him. Everybody say his mom. I don't know if you know that, but Proverbs 31 is his mom telling the king. This is the king's, if you were the mom and you had a son who was a king, what would you say to him, right? And so here's a couple of things that were captured, a couple of oracles or pieces of advice, if you want to say it that way. And uh, mom starts out, what are you doing, my son? Does that sound like mom? Like, what are you doing, man? And uh, what are you doing, my son? What are you doing, son of my womb? What are you doing, son of my vows? So mom, if you've had some talks with your kids and it's just not hitting home, try upping the ante to son of my womb. That ought to go somewhere, right? And uh, you got to love it. As, uh, what are you doing, my son? What are you doing, son of my womb? What are you doing, son of my vows? Like, man, I brought you into this world and I could take you out. Have you ever heard that one before? And uh, so here's a couple of pieces of advice. All right, advice number one. Uh, she says, do not give your strength to women, your ways to those who destroy kings. Do not give your strength to women. Notice the plural. Everybody say Plural. She's like, don't waste it. Don't spread yourself around to many women. There is one woman, your wife, and be honorable there. Be faithful there. Mom's advice down in to her son who's a king is, be careful with how you live your life and make sure your focus 
is not on the many in this world, but the one whom God has called you to. And in fact, maybe another way to say it is one of the strongest drives in your life could be the sexual drive, son. Be careful. Don't let that become wanton. Make sure you're focusing in the right spot. In fact, she actually says it can destroy kings. You know, when we were in Israel, one of the most palpable moments of sin was when we were on the south side of Jerusalem, just outside the walls. And as you're looking down, you've got the Kidron Valley on the one side and you've got uh, the, valley, the Hinnom Valley on the other side. And as you're looking down just on the other side and up that slope, that whole hillside, uh, there's a name for it. I can't even remember what it is in the Hebrew, but it basically was a sinful hillside. It was the hillside where all of Solomon's concubines and wives lived. They lived outside the city. They weren't Jewish. They lived outside the city. They worshiped outside the city. They did all of their stuff and all of their idolatry up over there. And all of Israel living inside the city walls could look across and up the hill and see the sin. Solomon so drawn away by the women that he could have and by the sexual drive that he could experience. And in fact, it ended up in many regards taking down the nation of Israel into some levels of sin. Mom, one of his, her first pieces of advice is um, be careful with that drive. Advice number two, it is not for kings, O Lemuel, it is not for kings to drink wine or for rulers to take strong drink. Mom now moves from one drive to the next. And she's like, be careful. It is not for kings to drink wine or even to take strong drink. These are big statements. She's like, abstinence is the best policy here. Be careful with what you do. And uh, this wouldn't necessarily be a declaration like everybody must uh, stay away from alcohol, but this is certainly a wisdom statement, like be cautious of what you partake of. And it can be very wise to have nothing to do with alcohol and live wisely and live sacrificially. And she's like, be cautious with it. In fact, she gives a little explanation. Lest they drink and forget what has been decreed and pervert the rights of all the afflicted. You are in charge of nations and peoples. You have massive responsibility. Don't get distracted. Don't let your vision be disturbed. Be cautious with what you take in. And alcohol could cause you to be a horrible caretaker for those you have responsibility over. Lead your nation well. And the higher up in authority and privilege and uh, responsibility you go, the more you need to be careful about how you spend your time and even how you spend your uh, relaxation. It could be destructive. Be careful. These are great words of wisdom from a mom is don't destroy yourself with the drives that are pulling so strongly. And so, in fact, she even says, give strong drink to the one who is perishing and wine to those in bitter distress. Let them drink and forget their poverty and remember their misery no more. Alcohol was one of the few anesthetizers, one of the few medicines that was available. And if you had some kind of physical ailment, man, maybe that was for you. It's like, save this for those who are hurting badly. And maybe there's even an emotional hurt going on. It's the only soother or anesthetizer there is. But be careful. These are for the ones in devastation. She's looking to her son and she's like, you're blessed. Live it. 
Don't try to get away from it. Be careful with it. Be wise to how you live. And, uh, you were blessed. Don't be ungrateful. Maybe a good way to say it. Advice number three. She says, open your mouth for the mute, for the rights of all of those who are destitute. Like, make sure that the way you're living your life isn't for you, points one and point two, right? Make sure you're living life for others. You're a king. Be caring. Be wise. Be cautious. Think of others along the way. Open your mouth and judge righteously. Make sure that the words coming out of your mouth would actually be the words that would honor God Almighty. Judge righteously. The advice from mom is make sure you're not seeking personal profit. Make sure you're seeking the care of others. And defend the rights of the poor and the needy. Your job as king is going to be to stand up for the hurting. You can imagine mom talking to her king. He must be a little bit older. He's got enough uh, age to be able to be king. He's got enough age to be kind of getting into some troubles a little bit. And mom is beginning to speak and say, let's shape your life so that you're making an impact. Let's shape your life so that as you're gaining in years, you're gaining wisdom and you have massive impact in this world for God and his glory. Live wisely. And these are huge call-outs. This is three pieces of advice from mom, right? And have you ever thought, like, what would my top three pieces of advice be for my kids? Or how could I come about kind of helping shape? This is a little bit different world, right? And we're not necessarily speaking to our kids who are now king, right? They may think they're king, but they're not king, right? And so how do we begin to give advice to that? And maybe what are some good principles to it? So I just thought I'd step aside and I'll let my wife speak to that. So I'm going to invite Jana to come on up and uh, just give us a little help here, hon. Thoughts on moms and advice. Notice how far away I'm stepping back, right? This is just a first. This is the first time we've ever done anything like this. So it's just a little weird. So happy Mother's Day. Um, but I, I was thinking about what would I say, and it, it's the first things that come to mind are really what I tell anybody who's willing to listen. And I just want to preface it with the fact that um, one of my favorite things is, and I don't know if this is true for my daughters, but one of my favorite things is when somebody comes up to me and says, I could just so tell that that was your daughter because she has so many of your mannerisms. Like they'll um, just turn a certain way or say something or have an inflection in their voice and they're like, that is totally your mom. I don't know if my kids feel that that's an exciting thing, but for me it's exciting. But it brings me to the first point of advice and that is our kids learn way more from what we model than what we teach. Because I've never had to teach my children to have the inflections of my voice or to walk the way I walk or to say things that I say. It naturally comes from them. So they learn from what I model more than what I teach. And I don't know about you, but that kind of freaks me out a little bit because I don't know what I'm modeling all the time. And I know that just like I can't model to them anything that I'm not truly living. I need the Lord's help. And that brings me to my second piece of advice, which is 
our job as moms is not to teach our kids independence, which sounds kind of weird, but it's actually to teach them to transfer their dependence on us to a dependence on the Lord. There is nowhere in scripture that it says to be independent or to stand on your own two feet. It is all about leaning on him, trusting in him. And the best way I can model to my kids what it is that they're to become is for me to depend on the Lord because they know when we're faking it. (laughs) And so um, my advice is to live independence on the Lord and then that's how we teach our kids to depend on the Lord. So the two things are, your kids are going to learn way more from what you model than the words that you say. And our job is to teach them to transfer their dependence on us to a dependence on the Lord. And I don't know about you as moms, but I need as much help from the Lord as possible. So I'd just like to take a second to pray for us all, including myself, even though we're empty nesters, I'm still a mom, and I still have impacted my kids' life. So, um, and now sons and a grandson. So I'm going to pray. Heavenly Father, I just thank you so much um, for this privilege to be a mom, um, to be a woman of God. I just look at this passage in Proverbs, and I'm amazed at the honor that you give women, that the strength that you give us, um, the potential that you give us of what we can become as we lean into you. I just pray, Lord, for each one of us women in this church, that you'll help us to model ourselves after Jesus, who has been the perfect model for us, and to lean on you, to have strength, and when it's hard, to lean even, even harder with you, to not try to stand on our own two feet, but to know that you are there to hold us up. You say, fear not, I am the one who helps you. I will hold you by your right hand. And I just thank you so much for that and for this opportunity um, to lean into you. I pray for each one of us to find that strength in you. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Thanks, babe. That said, so happy Mother's Day. And uh, what a huge responsibility, what a huge privilege. May God get all the glory. So uh, I'm just going to say this, man, if you're sitting with your mom, just take a moment to say, happy Mother's Day, mom, love you. Okay? If they're farther away, you can kind of give them a wave. Hey, happy Mother's Day. Right? If they're right next to you, you can lean on. Maybe you even want to send them a text right now. You're like, I'm not listening for the next two minutes. I'm going to go text, some, text her right now. Fine. Happy Mother's Day, right? Make sure you reflect on this. Being a mom is a tough job. And all of God's women said, so may we give glory to God. May we raise up our kids. And may we truly see an impact in this world because of our role and what we have to play, ladies. Moms, it's a huge call. Love you guys. All right. Point number two. A godly woman builds trust in the hearts of others. A godly woman builds trust in the hearts of others. It says, an excellent wife, who can find? She is far more precious than jewels. Like, just so we're clear, the word excellent, like, has it all together in so many ways. A wife who is able to care and to work hard and is privileged and knows it and shares that back with her God. A wife who grasps 
honoring others and being humble along the way. It says, more precious than jewels. Have you ever thought, why is a jewel precious? Well, largely it's because you can't find them everywhere and they're a little hard to make, right? Sand is not precious. But then the pearl where some sand gets into an oyster and sits for a long time under pressure and all of a sudden you get that and there's very few of them. Now that's precious. Diamonds, precious, right? We start seeing these things that are tougher to find as being more precious. And he's like, just so you know, those ladies who get it, who run hard after their God, who work heartily, who have a humility in their approach, an amazing, amazing find. They're like precious jewels. He says, the heart of her husband trusts in her. The heart of her husband trusts in her. An excellent wife grasps and builds trust. I don't know if you remember this, but we've talked about the trust triangle here and what it means to trust God. And it's the same with trusting people. There's some understanding of this this three-point grasp, all right? First, that they know they, they understand, they get, there's some level of knowledge in what's happening. But more than just knowing, they have ability, right? So they know where to go. They know how to go after it. They have ability as they go after it. And they have a care and a love and a passion for going after it for you and your benefit. They know and they're able and they love, they care into it. Like that's our God. He knows all, he can do all, and he loves you with all he's got. And ladies, building in trust, same thing, to have an area of knowledge and to have ability into that and expression into that and then have enough care and compassion for your family to pour in in that area. And it's going to be different for each woman. God gives gifts each of you with uniquenesses, passions, and it may be in the realm of teaching and it may be in the realm of care. It may be in the realm of arts. It may be in the realm of being able to shape the child. Maybe you're deciding, I'd love to homeschool and care in that way. Like whatever it ends up being, you have this knowledge and ability and however God has put you together to be able to use that to build trust with your husband, with your family, to pour it in with love and passion and compassion. He's like, just so you know, an excellent wife It's not cookie cutter. It's not that every wife looks the exact same and cares the exact same way and has the exact same skill set. But with what God's given you, bringing it in massive ways, your knowledge and your ability and your love and your passion and compassion for them. It says, and he will have no lack of gain. Like as you before your God, ladies, live your life out. You have this privilege and this honor. You're being lifted up. Man, anyone that says that God doesn't respect women, God doesn't have great plans for women within this world, they haven't read scripture. It's just not the fact. Ladies, God loves you with all he's got. And he's got an awesome role for you. And whether that's single or married, whether that's a mom or not, so many ways that you can be impacting the world, building trust, and bringing great profit and gain, both spiritually and physically in this world. It says, she does him good and not harm all the days of her life. Everybody just say team. Like truly an excellent woman gets team. Jonah said it well, it's not about independence, it's about shifting dependence. And know this, a woman who is on fire for Jesus Christ is actually a team player humble in all regards, looking to help those around them care 
with all she's got. And uh, so she does him good and not harm all the days of her life. Let's just say it this way. Uh, she becomes a sweet expression of God blessing into her family's life, into her friends' lives. And ladies, you can be a sweet, sweet blessing and really a touch of God for those you know as you care along the way, using your wisdom and your knowledge and your abilities and your love to be able to bring a trust and to work accordingly. In fact, you even see that now in verses 13 to 24. I'm not going to go through all of those verses, but I'm just going to read a couple of verbs. Listen to this. Tell me if you hear, well, first of all, there's the knowing piece. She says that they, she has knowledge and she perceives. She has knowledge and she perceives. You see that like five or six verses down. But she starts with the ability list. And uh, remember, these are all kind of statements from Lemuel's mom. This is what you need to be looking for in a good woman, son, right? And uh, she uses words like she seeks and works and brings. She rises, provides, buys, plants. She makes herself strong. Like, man, if your picture of a woman of the scriptures, a woman of God is somehow super meek, um, but ending up taking that meekness so far that she gets walked over, she can't get anything accomplished, you haven't read Proverbs 31. Like this woman is buying and selling land. This woman is making things happen. This woman is taking care of home. When kids are short clothes, she makes them. Like this woman is on fire in many regards. And, and uh, she's, there's a list here of thoroughness. It's awesome to be able to see the thoroughness to which you can be impacting in your home. Know this, ladies. God calls you to be engaged in big ways with high ability. And then lastly, the love piece. It says at the end of those verses, 23 and 24, she has an open hand to the poor, reaching the needy, not afraid. Um, the husband and the family both know they're cared for and they celebrate her. And this is a huge privilege to be able to love in at every level. Verse 25 then says, strength and dignity are her clothing and she laughs at the time to come. Strength and dignity are her clothing. She laughs at the time to come. Why is she laughing? Because she's well prepared. She's seeing what's coming. She's able to prepare for the season ahead, for the times ahead. She's grasping how to shape information or preparation physically to be able to care along the way. And... Um, Strength and dignity. Notice she is not clothing herself here with the things that would be of the outward adorning. And it'll, we'll address that in the third point here. But she's basically dressing herself with character. With character. An excellent woman, one who loves the Lord and has high character along the way. Um, she opens her mouth with wisdom and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. Uh, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And maybe even a better way to say it is out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth spews. Like you almost can't stop it. It just pours out. And for this excellent wife, for a woman who is on fire for knowing Jesus Christ, man, what spews out is wisdom and care and sensitivity and tenderness to be able to have a passion for your God and to have him teaching you humility and you're now being able to share across at times pieces of advice, at times pieces of just tenderness. Maybe it's hurting with those who hurt. Maybe it's laughing with those who laugh. 
being able to invest in and make an impact on those around you. It says, she looks well to the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Um, an excellent wife is a hard worker. Being able to see in what vantage point, it doesn't mean in some certain way. It doesn't mean you have to have a 40-hour week outside the home job. It doesn't mean you have to have a 40 to 100-hour week inside the home job. It's what does make sense? What's happening with your knowledge, your ability, and what God's blessed you and where your family's at and being able to pour it on hard worker. May God get all the glory. To be able to work hard, not idle. Her children uh, rise up and call her blessed. Her children rise up and call her blessed. Some of you are like, that'll be a great day. Like her children rise up and say, you are blessed. Thank you for what you give. And I'm just telling you, as we grow up, we start realizing more and more how much mom meant to us and the impact that happens. And, and like, just so you know, the children will begin to see it. They'll begin to feel it. They'll have a sense of safety and provision. And moms just keep pouring it in. Kids, please hear me on this one. And if you're in the room and you're younger, please hear me. Your mom needs a hug. Give your mom a hug and say, I love you, mom. Thank you. Make sure you're caring along the way for her as well. If you're a little bit older and you have a mom, let's just put it this way. If you're alive, <laughs> right? Man, at least think reflectively. If you've lost your mom, then re think reflectively on all that God gave you and the privileges there. There may have been rough times, but there were some joyous moments of protection and privilege. And man, if your mom is still with you in this world, praise God for that. Reach out and give a shout out. Mom, I love you. Thanks for all the hard work. Man, husbands, thank you, hon, for being a great wife. And may we continue to stir it on. He says, her husband also, and he praises her. And we are partners. May we celebrate accordingly. One thing I love as I preach um, is I get the privilege of being able to see your faces while I preach. At times I can tell that what I've said is deeply confusing or maybe it's new to you and you have a face that's kind of like, what? And I don't know, maybe you're thinking about what you're gonna buy at the mall when you go later or going shopping and you're like, which aisle is that in? I don't know. But you get this facial expression, right? Maybe there's another one that goes on where you start to people lean in and they start taking notes or something. Here's the one I probably love the most. I see this a number of times throughout the year. Those who have been engaged uh, for a little bit of time or maybe married in that first year where the wife or the fiance is leaning in just a little bit extra, kind of arm around his arm, just sort of almost head on the shoulder, happy and going like this. Looking at her ring in the light. That is amazing. Look at that thing pop. And you can see it. It is awesome to see. I'm like, I need to check in with them afterwards and check out the ring, right? You can see it. It's so sweet to see. And I'm just telling you, these lights will make your ring pop. And all of those who are married say, it really does, man. So if you want a really good uh, moment, you come in here, you make sure it's all polished up, do a little bit of checking on that. You're like, he loves me, right? And uh, it's a sweet moment. Here's the bottom line. You're appreciating the, the precious jewel on your hand. Know this, God is like, ladies, you can be that precious jewel in your home. Stunning, shining, the light of Christ beaming in and the arrays of color splashing out. You can make that impact. Be that precious jewel 
in the home. And all of God's women said, it's a sweet privilege, man. Third, a godly woman humbles her own heart before the Lord. A godly woman humbles her own heart before the Lord. Many women have done excellently, but you surpass them all. And live in a way that says, Lord, I long to humble myself before you. Lord, I long to live in a way where you're changing my life. Lord, I long for you to do a work in me so that I am willing to see the needs and the hurts of others and pour it on. Lord, may I truly be an excellent wife, an excellent mom, an excellent woman because of you. And married or single, this is a sweet calling to be a woman on fire for your God. It says, charm is deceitful, beauty is vain. Charm, this is where you use words to persuade someone, but it may not even be true inside your heart. Charm, you just know what to say to kind of schmooze someone across. Charm, it's very outside and it can be very fake. Charm is all about manipulation, just bringing someone across. Charm is deceitful. Beauty is vain. He's like, look, the outside appearance is the least of the value. It can be so distracting to focus on the outside appearances. But he's like, make sure that it says, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Ladies, the most glorious, precious jewel you can wear the most on fire splash of light coming off of you is your love of Jesus Christ and your humble following of him. May God get all the glory. Man, may you truly take after your king and be modeling what you're seeing in him. And ladies, may the fire of your love for Christ be your number one. May the fear Like I grasp who you are. I see your vastness and I'm on fire with my worship for you, Lord. And may that begin to spill into every facet of your life. And ladies, that is a precious jewel in this world. He says, but uh, give her of the fruit of your hands and let her works praise her in the gates. And may your works in this world, may your walk in this world, may your tenderness in this world be seen and felt by others. May you truly be able to lean in, seeing that someone's a little more tearful and be able to know when to put the hand on the back to say, I'm right here with you. May you be able to see it's time for laughter. There's laughing going on. I'm ready to laugh with you. I'm ready to encourage and lift you up. I'm ready to go after this. And I'm ready to work hard the whole time. Ladies, please hear me. And you are so essential to the vibrancy of the church, to the vibrancy of your home, to the vibrancy of this place. May God get all the glory. And all of God's people said, amen, man. On this Mother's Day, one simple challenge. Ladies, we love you. We long for you to be able to walk with God. Guys, we have a job to support and encourage. May we all walk humbly. May God get all the glory. Let's pray.